you're on the air. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Good, how can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is John Edward calling. I'm so humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much, and good luck. Thank you. you you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the tee. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it it, it feels really good. Uh, May everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Good. Good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know? <laughs> One more. One okay. More. Please, don't be me. It is you, dear, 727. Oh my God! I was, I was talking to anybody. <laughs> you were talking to Michael. Oh I my was God! Oh, uh, good evening, everybody. It is Thursday, October twenty fifth, two thousand and twelve. You're listening to Be the Light Now Radio, and I'm your host, Reverend Michael. Hopefully, everyone has had themselves a a wonderful day. Mine was very interesting and uh, very enjoyable. So we're getting ready to uh, finish painting and redoing a lot of the center. So I had uh, a wonderful um, friend of ours. Her and her husband went ahead and bought some wonderful paints. We're going to be doing some purples, lavenders, and gold 
inside the uh, inside the center for the wall. So it's going to be very interesting how it's all done. So lots of great changes in store. We're going to continue to bring you the best of the best as far as guests goes. And remember, if you are calling in, you know, calling in late, tuning in, and you're like, oh man, I want to get on. And like I said, we've caved to some of the uh, requests, and you can go ahead and get bumped up in the queue. But it's not all about people getting bumped up in the queue. So uh, what we continue to do is we'll take the free calls, and then we'll take someone who got bumped up, and then we'll take um, another regular caller. And this way here, it's fair to everybody. And uh, we can still go ahead and try to help out as many people as we can. And if you can, please help out with a donation by going to be the light metaphysical com and clicking on one of the links there and helping us out because without the donations, the shows would go off the air and the center would be closed. And we don't want to do that. We've got a lot of work ahead of us to do helping us out. And especially like tonight, we have ourselves a phenomenal guest. We find her in a queue here. You can go ahead and give us a call at 347-539-5349. And help me welcome to the show, God-Centered Psychic Medium, Lynn. Hello, my dear. Hey, Michael. How are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic. I'm delighted to be here and uh, looking forward to seeing who we can help. Oh, uh, we've got a lot of people already calling in who are looking for some help tonight. So uh, before we get started, tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. Okay. Uh, as it kind of says in my in my intro, I'm a God-centered psychic medium. I emphasize the God-centered part because I really focus on the divine and the light side of things. Uh, I can deal with the other stuff if necessary. I've got some pretty pretty heavy-duty archangel support. Uh, but I also like to like knock back fear because a lot of times people fear the unknown. And uh, in this arena, you know, when you're dealing with people in spirit and the unknown. Um, if you can just get people to not be afraid and realize that they are dealing with the light and with the divine, then so much more can be accomplished. So much more can be resolved and helped and healed. So I really try to emphasize that in my work. Um, I am a psychic medium. That's kind of my primary thing. But I'm also a medical intuitive, which the best way to describe that is with permission, because I don't go you know, poking into people's bodies without it, but with permission, I take basically a mental x-ray and look inside someone's system, and I can tell what's going on for both good and ill. And um, I'm not a doctor. Got to be real clear about that. No official medical background. Um, the best thing I can do as a medical intuitive is to send people to real doctors and real healers, uh, sort of an early warning system. Like I had a client at a fair, and uh, I'd read for her, oh, sometime last year, and picked up that her daughter-in-law uh, had some heart problems heading her way. And this was a younger woman, so nobody thought to look. Anyway, they took my advice. The lady went in, got her heart checked out, and sure enough, there were some issues, but they caught it early enough that it was able to be treated and she's fine. So that's an example of how the medical intuitive stuff works at its best. Uh, another thing I do is I consider myself a guide consultant. Um, it's sort of part of being a medium, being able to talk to those in spirit, whether it's your beloved late loved ones or ghosts uh, or other critters in spirit. Um, Talking to people's guides is something that I can do quite easily. And usually people's guides spend a lot of time and effort trying to get through to them, to get them the information they need. So I can act as a real-time interpreter. And, you know, we can get a lot done that way. Sounds very um, informative. It sounds like a lot of fun, too. It is. 
it is a lot of people don't understand that both archangels and the dead usually have really wicked senses of humor. I mean, it's such a serious and emotion-laden um, area to be working in, but archangel humor is really wild. Yeah, the messages can definitely be on the interesting side where it's like, oh, my God, I don't believe I'm getting this kind of a message, but it makes the person laugh, and it's like, okay, that's what it was for. Yeah, it kind of helps them, you know, calm down and um, often will confirm something in their own mind, you know, okay, wow, this is for real. Uh, the right information is coming in. The you know this person has no way of knowing unless it, they were really hooked into what they say they're hooked into. So, and how long have you known about your gifts? Oh, uh, my first uh, psychic experience uh, was 11. By 17, I knew I was psychic, and by my mid 20s, I was talking to late relatives at family funerals. So it's sort of been a, a progression, you know, through my life. That's got to be interesting, talking to uh, the dead relatives at the funerals. Yeah, it it usually freaks out the other living relatives. So I spend a lot of time, um, like, well, honestly, trying not to laugh because um, a lot of my relatives uh, who've died are, you know, they're real clowns or hams, and, you know, they'll be goofing off at their own funeral, and I'm sitting there trying not to laugh in the middle of a Catholic funeral mass because that would be massively disrespectful, and I don't want to do that, but it's hard not to because I'm watching the show, so to speak, and, well, I'm pretty sure most of the other people in the church aren't. Yep. Yeah, I, had a, <laughs> I did a memorial service, and um, um, it was rather interesting because I, I started laughing because we were playing music and stuff, and um, and I told the people up there, you know, and they were really good friends. They were actually members of the center. And I said, well, don't mean to be laughing. I said, but she's dancing over there. I said, she's having a great old time. I said, wow, how did you know I like this song and all? And they're like, yeah, we knew it was, we had an idea this was one of her favorites. And it's like, yeah, she used to dance to it. It's like, oh, okay, that's why I'm seeing her dancing. And I said, she's twirling, having a good old time. I said, I just had to laugh about it. I said, because it's just too cute. Well, exactly. I can remember a family funeral I went to a couple years ago, and I actually hadn't met this guy. It was like a distant cousin on the other side of the family kind of deal. Never met him in life, but like the minute I got the call saying he's dead and the family wants, you know, the full turnout and stuff, he showed up in my kitchen. So I get there to the funeral, and there's this big, lovely, full-color picture of him. I'm like, yep, that's him. That's the guy who was in my kitchen, so I know I'm seeing the right guy. And we're in the middle of the funeral mass, and he's sitting next to his cousins, who he was super close to. They were more like siblings. And one cousin in particular, a female cousin, he sits next to, and he starts elbowing her hard in the ribs. And he's trying to get her attention. She's focused on, on the pastor and what he's saying. And, like, he elbows her one, two, three, the third time. I mean, he just nailed her in the ribs. And he nailed her so hard, she stood up. And it was not a point in the ceremony where it was appropriate to stand up. And then she's, like, standing up going, wait a minute, what am I doing here? This isn't the time to stand up. What is going on? Looking around, completely bewildered, and sitting back down really quick. And, you know, here I am in another part of the church just trying not to die laughing. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stuff happens a lot. Yeah, I like when that, uh, when that happens because it is interesting. And, and the family was like, like, yep, you know, so, I mean, they were really open-minded about it. And uh, so it made that much uh, much more enjoyable. And then they came out afterwards, and uh, even family members for, who were up north, uh, they were saying, uh, telling the one sister who's alive, they're like, I love your minister. And I was like, he's wonderful. 
And so I was, you know, doing a little bit of mini reads and everything else for uh, for them, you know, letting them know what she was saying and how she was and all. And so it's always it really fun. it really helps, yeah, when when they're open to it. When they're not, though, it's really it's unkind and inappropriate to push it on them. So I don't. Yep. Um, but fortunately, if they're coming to your center, they probably are pretty open-minded. Yeah. And the one sister who's alive, she she tells everyone just like you know that she's a psychic as well, so they're kind of used to it. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. The sister who uh, who passed, she was um, you know also aware of her abilities, so they they were like, yeah, we're kind of used to this. And some of them were you know are awakening, and um, you know they said it was just very um, enjoyable uh, for memorial service. You know they remembered the good times, which is what they wanted to do because she was an organ donor. Oh wow! And they didn't want to go ahead and focus on that part, and remembering the end. So they wanted to remember the fun times they had with her. Which I think is absolutely the best way to go about um, someone's, you know, final services is is to remember the good times and the happy times, and and not worry so much because about the end. Because the end usually, eh, you know, not all that comfortable, et cetera. But I'll tell you, once they're on the other side. Um, those end times, even if they were tough at the at when they were enduring them and going through them, they pass through that so quickly, and then they're usually just incredibly relieved to be out of their hurting, you know, faltering bodies, and um, you know they can move and they can run around and they can do whatever they want and it doesn't hurt and they have a lot more freedom and they're clear because they aren't dealing with you know pain or drugs or side effects or whatever, and. Uh, the 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 difficult end part really isn't the part you want to focus on because they don't. They're moving right along. You know, once they're out of their body and they're in the presence of the divine, they're fine. Yep. So it was interesting with her um, because she was brain, uh, declared brain dead. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see her still connected to her, her body because it was being kept alive by machines. Right. But seeing her, you know, dancing around in the hallways and, you know, she uh, just having a good time and saying, okay, uh, can you tell me when are they going to finally get me away from these machines so I can finally go ahead and be free? And she was visiting other family members and, you know, they were seeing her spirit around. So, um, you know, that's that's the fun part, going in there and talking. And I'm talking to her and all, and the nurses are like, okay, you know, giving you the strange look. Yeah. And I thought it's like I said, well, I said I'm, you know, I'm her minister. I said, and I'm also a psychic medium. And they're like, oh, cool. That explains it then. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to call security. This is good. We can breathe again. Yep. So, and then a lot of them had questions and everything else and all. And um, you know, it's interesting when you go ahead and and make comments. They're like, okay, how did you know that? It's like, well, she was following you back to your desk and saw what you were doing. And they're like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tone, you know. Is yeah, that, okay. <laughs> yep. So, but they were really nice about everything, and and I'm noticing a lot more people in the medical field are opening up a little bit more to um, psychics, mediums, and the spirituality of it. Especially the more experienced doctors and nurses who have seen a lot of patients pass just over the course of a long career, uh, they seem to be opening up faster, in my experience. Yeah, and uh, you know, just being really uh, supportive to, to the families who um, who are open about it. 
Yeah, and a lot of times they'll share more of their experiences because the family is open, and that can be um, you know, pretty comforting when you're going through that process with someone and, and, and they're in transition. Um, you were talking about her, you know, wandering around, following the nurses around, dancing, you know, waiting waiting to be free. Um, personally, I call that walkabout, to borrow from the Australians, because I've had that happen many, many times. Um, uh, you know, family, friends, whatever, people I personally knew. And it wasn't always brain-dead situations. Sometimes they were in a coma, and they were in and out of consciousness, and when they were out of consciousness, uh, they they just, you know, leave their body and go run, running around and visiting people who, you know, could pick up on them. They weren't dead yet. They were yeah. getting closer. Um, but, yeah, that, that um, walking about when you're in transition is, is pretty common. And I don't think people necessarily realize that. They they um, Some folks tend to see it a little more black and white. You know, you're either alive and in your body or you're dead and you're out of your body. But there is that in-between space. Yeah, and some don't realize that. And it's interesting when you can communicate and, you know, give a little bit of reading, and they're like, yeah, that's definitely them. And, you know, it it, it can be helpful. I can remember I, uh, I had a, a cousin who died, and I knew him quite well, but when he was alive, his religious beliefs didn't really include psychic mediums. But, you know, wow, within 15 minutes of hearing of his death, he's here in my study with me, and looking over my shoulder, um, they lived uh, thousands of miles away. So I couldn't make the funeral, so I sent flowers. And uh, the man who died is staring over my shoulder, looking at a local website with me, helping me pick the flowers uh, to send to his wife for his his uh, funeral service. And they were a hit. I mean, they got taken, you know, from the house to the service, back to the house, et cetera. They weren't just kind of like discarded right away, so they were appreciated. And I think it's not just because, you know, family sent flowers. It's because the late person involved picked them for his wife. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and grab a couple of calls and see if we can start helping? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then we'll go ahead and ask you some more questions. Sounds good. Let's go ahead and uh, bring on Helen from Maryland. Hello, Helen. Hello. So how can Lynn help you tonight? Well, um, I recently got accepted to the University of Maryland for spring 2013 on the graduate transfer mission, so I'll be attending school January 2013. I'm interested in their journalism program, which I'll probably most likely be in in late fall or, I mean, early fall or late summer 2013, and I want to get to know the students and the faculty and everyone, including this person who's kept to have kept like, caught my eye. His name is Brandon, and I like, I, you know, I look up to him and I comment on his journalism videos on YouTube and elsewhere, and I just like to get to know him more, and I just like to know what do my angels and guides, my angels and spirits guys have anything to say beyond the University of Maryland, the journalism program, Brandon Golder, and the other and the other students in the journalism program. Any messages that I need to know? Okay. Is journalism your first choice? Yes. Okay, because what I'm what I'm getting, and just take this under advisement, is journalism is probably going to be a, a way for you to get into something else. It's like related but not quite. Mm-hmm. So I don't know exactly what that'll be. It could be PR, or it could be uh, using your journalistic skills in um, you know some of the the more modern media formats. Mm-hmm. But 
you're going to end up working more in the op-ed aspect of journalism rather than the hard news. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be aware that you're going to start in one direction and you'll probably end up on a slightly different but still you know, great path for you. So right direction, be flexible. Um, regarding this guy who's who's caught your eye, um, I think that you can probably start to build uh, at least some name recognition with him in the beginnings of a friendship. But in terms of long-term aspirations or hopes and dreams, doesn't feel like a very strong probability. Um, and I know you don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I'm not um, interested in that. I just want to get to know them, have friends. Okay, kind of like a mentorship? Yeah. Okay. I think you probably can build that with him. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing your guys are saying is kind of let the relationship, the friendship, the mentorship unfold. Uh, don't Don't try to push it. And I know it's tempting because I get the impression that this is a very popular person and there's a lot of people who um, want his attention. And um, if if you're one of those people who's kind of pushing, which is like really easy to do in journalism because I've been there, done that, I've got my own degree in, in print, um, don't push too hard. Be there, interact, but let things unfold as they're supposed to. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Now let's see. Uh, regarding your guides, anything else uh, Helen's guides want her to know? Okay. Do you have uh, some concerns about ways and means? You know, going to school and paying the bills and that sort of thing. Well, not financially. No, it just means getting adjusted to the school and just you know being comfortable there once I get in. Okay. Well, your guides are saying whatever your concerns are about this, you know, this big change and, you know, whether it's being comfortable emotionally or being comfortable financially, don't sweat it. It's going to be okay. They're already pulling strings and making things sure that things line up so that you will be comfortable. You will have everything you need, and I'm hearing and more, um, in terms of support, whether that be emotional, financial, whatever. It's going to be there for you, so don't worry about it. Don't fret. Okay. Okay. Anything else I can do for you? No, but if you, uh, if anything else come up, is that all? Or that's all I'm getting at the moment. However, if you have a specific question you want me to ask them, feel free. Okay. Well, that was it. Okay. Well, sounds good. Um, Let us know how everything goes for you, then, Helen. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great night. So how can everyone reach you for private readings? Uh, Your best bet is via email, which is Angel's Hand, and it's a Z instead of an S, so A-N-G-E-L-Z, Hand, at Yahoo.com. I can also be reached on Facebook, where you can find me under Medium, Lynn Sutherland Olson. I've got two Facebook pages. I have a fan page, and then I have what I call a parapetes page, and the reason I have two is the fan page doesn't allow me much direct interaction and, and conversation with people, but the parapeats 
page does have the instant message function. So I can talk to people more directly in terms of, you know, basic questions, what do I do, or whatever. So you can go either way, the fan page or the Paratapes page on Facebook. So that's one other way to get a hold of me. Um, I can go ahead and give my work phone number, which is uh, 425-502-7591. Cool. So lots of lots of interesting ways to be able to get a hold of you. Yeah, yeah, and of course my website. So that's uh, uh, lynnsutherlandolson.com, and that's Lynn with an E, a Y N N E, Sutherland, an old Scottish name, S U T H E R L A N D, Olson, O L S O N dot com. Oh, let's go ahead. We'll grab another call. Let's okay. go to Marie in Virginia. Hello, Marie. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my, my call. Um, my question is medical in nature because you said that you're a medical intuitive. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if you can do a, a scan of me. And uh, I particularly have issues with congestion, especially while I'm at, at work, but re- really all the time it just gets worse at work. Does it matter if I'm sick or not? <laughs> okay. All right, let's see what you guys have to say here. Oh, and I do have your permission to go ahead and poke around your body for a minute here, right? Yes, poke away. Okay, thanks. That's an important thing, is to have permission. All right, let's see here. Okay, any time that we're dealing with a lot of trouble with lungs and congestion and that kind of thing, um, metaphysically it ties directly back to grief and depression. So um, my first question would be, what are you grieving? Are you grieving a person, a situation? Is there some deep grief in your life right now? I mean, I think I'm grieving lost opportunities in my life. And I had a friend that passed earlier this year, but I will say that I grew up with a Kleenex in, in my hand. I mean, I've always had congestion issues. Okay. All right, let's see. Well, your guides are chiming in on this one. Have you ever done any past life work? No. Okay. Um, You uh, apparently, according to your guides and mine at the moment, are saying you're one of these uh, lucky souls, um, note sarcasm, that has come into this lifetime carrying uh, some physical stuff from another lifetime. And it's no longer serving you, okay? This time around, you don't need to be congested and sick and stuff all the time and endless antibiotics and all that. Uh, the the solution for that is to find a really good, reputable hypnotherapist who works with past lives. And what they can do is take you back in time. So before this lifetime, and it could be a number of lifetimes back, I'm getting in the neighborhood of six or seven lifetimes prior to this one, is when you picked up this penchant for congestion and uh brought it through all these subsequent lifetimes, which, you know, you don't need it anymore. It's just making you miserable. They can take you back through time, renegotiate what happened when you first picked up this tendency, and then change it and roll the timeline forward. And uh, I have had people have really good results with that in terms of physical ailments that they brought forward from past lives that just disappear. They just evaporate. So I would suggest you find somebody who has a specialty with that. 
Um, I can do that kind of work. I'm not a licensed hypnotherapist, but I've certainly done past life regressions and and sort of renegotiated things at different time points for folks successfully, but it's not something that I can take the time to do on the radio. Sure. And, um, but can hypnosis be done over the phone? Yeah, I can do it over the phone. I just... Um, if you decided you wanted to work with me on this one, I would uh, mm-hmm. recommend a one-hour private reading with me. And there, I can get an awful lot done an hour. And But we'd probably need most of the hour to, to just go ahead and take you back to that point in time, figure out what the story is, get it sorted out, and bring you back to the present. Okay. Wow. Um, that wasn't the answer I was expecting. <laughs> um, I also was wondering if you can connect to uh, my friend Michael, who passed, the one I talked about. Okay. Oh, too young. All right. Um, all right, you'll have to tell me if I'm getting the right person. The first person I'm seeing is a Caucasian male with uh, brownish hair and uh, kind of on the thin side. Is that your friend? It was cutting out. What up on what side? Uh, thin, slender, you know, not heavy set. How old is he? To me, he's showing up in his twenties. Oh, that, that doesn't mean friend. that's how old he was when he died. That's that. Sometimes they show up at different time frames. Usually, when they like themselves their best. I suspect that was my friend Sean that died many years ago, maybe eighteen or twenty years ago. My boyfriend's okay. old, older. Okay. Uh, sometimes the first person who comes through like isn't the requested one. Since it yeah. sounds like Sean, do you have any desire to talk to him, or do we press on and see if Michael will come through? I just wanted to talk to Michael. Okay. Well, let's see. Um, so I'm asking my guides to go ahead and bring uh, her friend Michael through more clearly for me. Andy's guides, please. Okay. Uh, this the, the person who's coming through now looks more like late forties, early fifties. Okay. Is that more on track? That's closer. He was older than that, but that's closer. He looked a little young for his age. Okay. Um, and uh, did he did he wear a beard? Do you have facial hair? Ah, uh, he had. I guess you'd call them sideburns, but no beard. No. Okay. All right. And was. Um, by the time you knew him, he was starting to go white? Yes. Okay. All right. And um, was he sort of a like a, a mentor, uh, somebody, a, a, you know, a confidant of yours? Yes. Okay. And um, I'm getting the impression that his his perspective on life kind of helped you through some rough times. You would go to him yeah. when you were really struggling, and he'd, you know, just kind of be able to step back and still with compassion give you a different perspective and maybe even suggest other people's views in messy situations, which would help you deal with it, whatever the yeah. situation was, because this was an ongoing process with you too. Um, what do you want to know? Uh, I think I've got him. What do you want to know from him? Um. I just want to know what he thinks about. Um, I'm going through a really rough patch in my life right now, and I just want to know if he has any words of advice. 
Okay. Uh, are you in a relationship right now? No. Okay. Well, there's there's somebody coming down the pike he's not too thrilled with. So it's sort of a caution. Oh. Okay. Just don't worry about it right now. Put it in the back of your mind. Um, this probably is one of these things that isn't going to make a whole lot of sense at the moment, but maybe three or four months from now it'll be like, oh, so that's what he was talking about. Um, oh, this okay. happens a lot in reading, so just put it in the back burner, see what happens. Um, so whoever's coming down the road, he just wants you to be cautious. He's like they're not what they are going to present themselves as. Is it someone um, that I've known before or I've never met? Can you repeat that? Is this someone that I've known before or someone I've never met? I believe this is someone you've never met. Okay. They'll be new to your acquaintance. Okay. So let's see. What else? Okay, I'm getting the impression of, well, drama, that you'd said that, you know, you were struggling with some stuff, there's some stuff going on in your life. One of the things Michael is saying is, is um, same stuff, different day. Some of it's kind of familiar patterns. Uh, you've been down these roads before with these individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's kind of like, remember when we talked about this with this person and and talked about that with that person and he just wants you to go back and remember some of the conversations you had because some of the information and the perspective he provided then when he was alive when you're going through these patterns with these individuals apply this time around too does that make sense yeah it does okay any other questions for Michael um yeah, I, I mean, you have to go, but this person that's coming on the plate, how will I know who it is? Is there something about him that I can remember from our conversation, like physical appearance or? You know, the biggest impression I'm getting is one of these um, too-good-to-be-true kind of kind of guys. Um, mm-hmm. So if if somebody comes along and they're just like Mr. Wonderful and you're just about ready to jump up on cloud nine, Take a couple steps back and go, oh, wait a minute. Does this sound a little too good to be true? Maybe it is. Um, I just really get the strong feeling from Michael uh, that this is sort of a a con artist type person. Maybe not so much money, but in terms of in terms of conning and messing with people's emotions. And okay. you don't need that. Okay. And and he doesn't you know, he doesn't want that for you. You know, you've had enough of that kind of garbage in your life. Okay. Wow. Thank you so much. You bet. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Have a great day. You're welcome, dear. We'll talk to you again soon. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. All Okay, there we go. So um, what's the most enjoyable part of doing this kind of work for you? For me? Well, two things. Um, comforting people. You know, when they're going through some pretty heavy-duty grief, um, sometimes there are murky circumstances around deaths, and um, frequently I'm fortunate enough to be able to sort those out. Uh, For example, there's an alarming number of murders that are set up to look like suicides, and so then you have people who are kind of getting a double whammy. Not only have they lost someone they love and care about, 
But now they're being told and all the paperwork and stuff says that it was a suicide. And they'll come to me and say, wait a minute, that so person just would not kill themselves. This is not in their character. And I'll, I'll look into it. And a lot of times, you know what, they're right. That, you know, the individual didn't kill themselves. They were actually killed by someone else. And then it was set up to look like a suicide so that nobody would be looking for a murderer. Um, that's kind of a more um, extreme example. But there are so many times... Um, especially like um, if children die or teens die way before their time, being able to comfort the parents with information um, either about what happened or where they are now or recalling good times or just reassurance that, you know, hey, they really are doing okay. And on the rare occasion that they're not doing okay, um, part of my work is a form of intercessory prayer where I'm allowed to basically ask um, God and the angels, powers that be, hey, can you step in and sort this out and get this person taken care of so that they are okay? And frequently that can be done. And when it does, that's a huge comfort to families. And what's the one, mm, hate saying bad thing about it, but what's the one thing that you don't like about doing this kind of work, if anything? Well, it's the flip side of being a medium that a lot of mediums don't talk about, which is, if you can see dead people and ghosts, you can usually see critters that are not of the light, and um, they're not much fun to deal with. They're boring, they're predictable, but they're not much fun. It's kind of distasteful. Yeah, I have to agree. So, let's go. We'll take a couple more calls. Sounds good. Let's go to Karen in Florida. Hello, Karen. Hi there, Michael. Hi, Lynn. How are you? Hi there. What can I do for you today? Um, I've really had a rough last, I'd say, six or seven years, and my dad passed away last year, and just wanted to know, um, you know, if I have a message from him and if I'm moving towards the light and things are kind of lighting up a little bit. Okay, wow, yeah. <laughs> you really do need light at the end of the tunnel, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm all right. still standing, though. Yes, and, and God bless you. You are one hell of a survivor, girl. Thank you. Um, and that's coming from your dad. Um, yeah, he was kind of the first one to come through. And um, was he, you know, this isn't uncommon, but I'm I'm seeing someone who was kind of on the frail side near the end. Would that be accurate? Yeah, he he was. He had heart problems and COPD. Yeah, so it was hard to stand, and and you know he was trembly and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, but uh, that being said, he's saying you know yes, the light at the end of the tunnel is coming. He said you may not see it yet, but it's almost like you know you're almost turning the corner to where you will see it. Oh man. And, I, I don't. Um, I don't think he was aware of everything when he was alive, but I'm hoping he's aware of everything now and understands better. He was frankly pretty horrified after he died and became aware. Yeah. Um, but he's also saying it was probably for the best that he wasn't aware of all the stuff that was going on when he was alive, because he's being real honest about it. He couldn't have handled it. <laughs> I don't think most people could. Yeah, I mean, you got to give the guy credit for being honest, right? Oh no, he's always been that way. So that that's his definitely his personality. Uh so 
now that he knows more of the whole story, which is, I'm not getting all the details, but I'm getting a very strong impression that it's lengthy and arduous, okay? Yeah, yeah. And um, two things. First, he wants you to know that he's sorry you've had to go through so much crap. And he had no idea, and he said his ignorance unwittingly added to some of it. Not all of it, but to part of it. Yeah. And he regrets that part, okay? So he's sorry about that. Even though it was born of ignorance at the time, he still regrets and is sorry that his ignorance caused you additional pain. There's no forgiveness needed, though. You know, he didn't know. Right. But, you yeah. know, there's there's healing on his end, you know, for him to know that you feel that way about it. Yeah. So this, you know, kind of goes both ways. Yeah. Um, and, okay, kind of more the same, you know, uh, you've been through more crap in one lifetime than anyone should kind of deal. And, um, but things are going to get better. And he's saying it's it's going to be a slow process, probably slower than you really want it to be, but at least it will be happening. So in the next six months, you are going to turn that corner, okay, in this dark tunnel you're wandering through at the moment. And you're yeah. going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And just one foot in front of the other, keep at it. He said it's going to take about three years to really fully come out of what everything you're dealing with right now. Yeah. And you you know, you still got some work ahead of you and you know that. Oh but, Lord. <laughs> but but keep working at it. You know, don't uh don't shove your emotions and your pain and everything in that emotional duffel bag and try to throw it in the back of the closet, okay? Yeah, you know it better than that. it comes <laughs> out one way or the other. Right. And and you know, you you've processed enough of stuff that you've kind of done the the duffel bag uh uh stuff stuff with and you don't you don't want to do it anymore. So stay strong, keep working through it. Um, you know, it's okay to ask for more help if you need more help than you're currently getting while you're processing. Uh-huh. I was hoping maybe somebody would be coming into my life to help me do, not do the walk, but, you know, just to be there. Right. Um a little farther out than you'd like. It's probably two and a half years out of the three. Okay. Well, I'm just going to have to hang loose then. Yeah. Um, I, I know it's really, really, really difficult stuff. Um, but, you know, keep reminding yourself you are a survivor. You've come this far, and frankly, it would be, well, really stupid to give up at this point. Even well, though most, you're not of it, most, most of it comes from because I was born premature in 62 and I weighed a pound and three ounces. So a lot of it has been health-oriented. So, yeah. But, um, you know, I keep telling my mom I can't give up because I do not want to do this crap again in another lifetime. <laughs> no, you really don't. <laughs> you don't want to make everything you've been through, all the challenges, all the suffering, um, pointless. Kind of like, what, yeah. we're back here and i got to do it again? No. Um, exactly. So make it count by knowing that the only way out is through it. But you are going to get through it, and things are going to be a heck of a lot better at the end of this three-year period, especially if you keep working on stuff. Okay. Is and this past life, too? Um, no. 
this one doesn't feel like a past life deal. This is just the challenges that I, I hate it because this is so hard to believe, especially in the middle of stuff. These are the challenges you signed up for in this lifetime. Oh, and when people when people Holy. tell me tell me that, it's like, no, 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 no way I would have signed up for this stuff. But we do, unfortunately, in terms of you know classroom Earth and our souls learning different lessons and such. Uh-huh. You're this isn't past life. You're not being punished. This is just this is like a boot camp learning experience life. Oh my. Okay. Well, hopefully not every the lifetime is like that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say so. So I I must have just said, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the only way out is through. So, yep. like you say, one step at a time. And and I know it's a cliche. It's even a, a cheesy cliche, but it's unfortunately the truth. Okay. And is so, is my dad there to help me through? Oh yeah, yeah. He he keeps an eye on you. Um, he's showing me that there are times when you have health related crises where you are really having a hard time, and it's a, it's a little bit touch and go in terms of. Crud, am I going to make it through? Yeah, this, it is. You know, this episode, this bout. And he is absolutely, like, right there, like, next to you or behind you, but as close as he can get when you're going through those bouts and going, hmm, am I going to see the morning? Not sure. He's yeah. there making sure you are going to see the morning. Okay. All right. Well, I'll keep pressing ahead and believing in the Almighty Father, so I know he's got a plan. He does, and it's you're j- just hang on to this with both hands. You were not meant to be this ill and this miserable and this challenged for the rest of your life. Okay. okay. Well, that's that's good to know. So thank you very much, Lynn. I'll I'll call you for a private reading. I'm very grateful. I'm glad I could help. You take care. Thank you. So bye. Good night, Karen. Night, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, welcome, dear. Oh, phenomenal readings. Thank you. So let me go ahead. We'll grab uh, Jennifer from Texas. There we go. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, and thank you for having me on the show. You're welcome. How can uh, Lynn help you tonight? Um, I just wanted to ask her if um, she sees anybody or if she sees me getting a job with very soon. Wow. Um, short answer, no. Sorry. Um, I get the impression that you're... Do you have a job right now? No. No, okay. Okay. Here's what I'm getting. Go ahead and take a job that isn't your first choice. And normally I do not counsel people this, but I'm hearing this directly. Go ahead and take a job that isn't your first choice and then use that as a platform to go looking for a job that you really want. Because what I'm being shown is you will find a good, decent job that you actually want to do while you're working at a different one. So consider consider the not-so-hot job a stepping stone and go and look at it and approach it from that direction. And um, in the future, do you see me buying my own house or no? 
yes, but this isn't going to happen right away. You know that. Right. I mean, this this could be like 10 years down the road. Eventually, yes. Soon, no. Okay. And um, I've been having some medical issues. I just don't know what it is because I have been to the doctor, but they can't find anything. Okay. Have they tested for adrenal fatigue? No. Have them test for adrenal fatigue. Um, Sometimes when we're under stress for a really long time, um, our adrenal systems get completely drained, and, you know, they're kind of like sucking air, right? There's just nothing left, and that can make us really tired, really blue. Um, It it can cause all kinds of problems from, from muscle weakness to depression. So if... If your doctors um, are mainstream medical, and I'm not bashing mainstream medical, okay? There's plenty mainstream medical people I go to myself. Um, But in your case for adrenal fatigue, see if you can find yourself a really good naturopath and have them do the appropriate blood work because the the lab tests are a little bit different than maybe what your standard um, MD general practitioner might know to look for and get checked out for that. Yeah, because sometimes I get really, really like, Bad back pain. Okay. Lower lumbar? Lower back? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you been seeing a chiropractor? No. But Go I find don't yourself. know if it's something to do with that or if it's my kidneys or something else. Or... It's, um, it, it feels muscular in your lower back. Do you wake up stiff or cramping in the mornings? Mm, sometimes. Okay. Um. Ah. Uh, okay. All right. But it usually happens when I lay down. Like, when if I go to sleep around three, four o'clock in the morning, always around the same time, I get the pain. Okay. Um. I'm being shown a, like just a stretch that you can do. So lie when you're lying in bed, lie on your back, and take one leg and pull it up and and cross it over the other leg and then pull straight in as if you're pulling your leg up into your stomach. Now, don't do this to the point of agony, all right? Just do this to the point where you can feel the stretch. And where you should feel it is in your lower back and along your outer thigh. Go ahead and do this. Do one leg, do the other. Repeat it three or four times, alternating legs. And it's going to help relax the musculature and save you a lot of pain so that you can rest easier. Okay. And um, is that also why I have, like, um, problems with my throat, too, or no? Because of the adrenal fatigue? Um, Let me think. I'm getting no. That's something else. Um, Do you get sick a lot in terms of sore throats? Um, I feel a lump in my throat, but... I've already gone, and they can't find anything. Because every time I follow, I feel something. Okay. Have you seen an ear, nose, and throat specialist? I went with them, and um, they checked me, and they looked for lumps, and they can't find anything. Right. All right. What about sinus stuff? Do you have problems with no. your sinuses? 
No. Okay, so we're not dealing with drainage. The reason I asked about it, ear, nose, and throat, is um, sometimes, you know, when when we're formed in the womb, different things um, develop a little bit, a little bit off, a little bit different, and in some cases, the formation of the throat or the epiglottis, um, you know, everything involved in the swallowing mechanism and the esophagus can be just a tiny bit off, and that can make things feel really weird. And I'm getting the impression that maybe you just might have things in your throat that are formed just a touch differently, and it's causing you discomfort. So if your if your ENT wasn't able to find anything, I'd go get a second opinion. And and go and ask specifically, is everything formed correctly? Is anything too long or too short or too big or whatever? Um that's the that's the hit I'm getting on that, but you need to go to a second specialist and have fresh eyes look at it and to confirm or deny whether that's really the case. Okay. Okay, okay well. Um, do I have time for one more question or not? Uh, fine with me. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, thanks. I just wanted to ask about my son, how he's doing. Um, your friend. Now, is this someone in spirit? No, my son. Oh, your son. I, I misheard you. Forgive me. Okay. Okay, your son. Um... What's his age, please? Um, I had a stillborn. Okay. Okay, so he yes, is in spirit. About two years ago. Mm-hmm. About two years ago? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that explains why he's coming through as a toddler. Um, did Did you name him? Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay. All right, I'm going to go ahead and ask the archangels that I work with, specifically Archangel Michael, and um, I also work with Mother Mary. Archangel Michael and Mother Mary, Jonathan, um, he's he's hurting. He's um, he's distressed and crying. So, will you please uh, find him and comfort him, especially Mother Mary, since his own mom can't be there. Um, Okay, great. So what I'm seeing is Mother Mary, like, finding him. He, he's What I'm seeing is he's been a little bit lost. Um, and sometimes this happens when, when souls don't realize that they've died. Most of the time when people die, they realize they've died. But every once in a while, you'll get a situation where they don't know they've died. And that's why I think Jonathan was crying and, and, and lost. But... We've, Mother Mary's got him scooped up, and she's drying his tears. And Archangel Michael, uh, could you please direct him into the presence of the divine? And um, okay, is your grandmother passed? So yes. this would be this little boy's great grandma. Um, no, just yeah, great grandma. Okay, she's she's waiting for him. She's part of the welcoming committee. So I see Archangel Michael, Mother Mary, crossing him over, taking him fully into the presence of God. And I'm seeing, I think it's a great-grandmother figure, um, welcoming him. And she's going to hold on to him and take care of him for as long as it takes until your time 
uh, is over and you can go and meet him. And whenever your time is over, which believe me is not anytime soon, but whenever your your time in this lifetime is over, both of them will be there waiting for you as part of your welcoming committee. Yeah, because I was um, six and a half months pregnant and I was in a violent relationship. And um, I went into labor that night and he he was still breathing, but then, like, before he was born, he passed away. Um, you got kicked, didn't you? Yes. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. It's just Jonathan didn't realize what had happened because he was in that vulnerable state. You know, he was he was in utero, okay, He uh, and obviously wasn't ready to be born for a few more months. And then he was not alive, and, and that's why he was a little bit lost, but he's not lost anymore, okay? Everything I just talked you through, he's been found by Mother Mary, he's been escorted by her and Archangel Michael and his great-grandmother, is holding him. Actually, at this point, she's got him on her hip, you know, like you put a toddler on your hip, and she's bouncing him up and down and making him laugh. So he's okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Many blessings, my dear. So how does your family handle um, this kind of work that you do? Uh, with varying degrees of grace and disbelief. So who gives you the hardest time? Uh, probably my godmother. Um, I think it's very difficult for her because I was raised very conservatively Roman Catholic, and I value those roots, but you can't do what I do, and, and um, at least I can't. Some people can, like John Edwards is amazingly is a practicing Catholic and a kick-ass medium. But I found the two sort of incompatible. So I can't be a good Catholic girl and do my work authentically, and she's not too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it would be understandable. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for her, you know. <laughs> she she got handed on, um, this niece and asked to be a godmother and was a wonderful godmother growing up, and, and now I've turned out to be this... Um, person she doesn't understand that makes her a little bit uncomfortable. So, she has a hard time with it. Uh, well, maybe it'll, she'll ease up a little bit as she gets a little bit older. You can always hope, right? Yep. And if and if not, I figure whenever her time comes, which, you know, please God, another 20 years or so, I don't wish you're ill in any way, shape, or form, um, you know, maybe we can have a talk then. Because that's happened in my life as well, where people who didn't quite get it uh, then passed. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, that wasn't really anything for me to worry about. And it's like, well, I kind of wish you'd listen to me when I said that when you were alive, but I'm glad you get it now. Yeah. So everything everything gets resolved and sorted out in the end. It's just a matter of, well, when and how and which side of the valve. Yep. So hopefully they can get it straightened out on this side before that side. But if not, well, that side's okay, too. You know, at least it happens, right? Yep. I mean, like like with little Jonathan. I mean, poor kid. But he's okay now. And um, that kind of reading, even though it's intense, is the best kind of reading, to, to know that I was able to ask, intercede with prayer, and ask and have a little soul be comforted and exactly where he needs to be. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and grab another call here. Absolutely. 
Let's bring on uh, Pamela from Arkansas. Hello, Pamela. Hello. Hello. Hi, Thank Pamela. You. Hi. I have a couple questions for you. Um, I've had quite a few people pass, but the one in particular was my son 28 years ago. He was murdered, and I was accused of his murder, and I just want to make sure he's okay. Okay. Can I have your son's first name, please? Kyle. Kyle? Uh-huh. Okay. Just want to make sure I had it right. Okay, so my guides, Archangel Michael, et cetera, could you please bring through Kyle and his guides as well, not yourself? Um, can I ask what age he was when he passed? He when was, he was Okay, all right. Well, he's showing up older at this point, not as old as he'd be <laughs> in real time, okay, 28 years later. But for some reason, he's showing up, eh, you know, like around age 12 or something. I don't know why. It's just what he chose. And he's a little bit of a ham because, you know, it's sort of like when somebody gets on TV and they're like, hi, Mom. You know, so that's the first thing is, hi, Mom. So, okay, sweetie. Um, he's fine. He's he's absolutely fine. He, um, You had nothing to do with his murder. Oh, I know. But he knows it, too. I mean, that's that's kind of the gist of that comment. Um, and he's saying, um, whatever happened, there was a certain amount of um, accident involved, and, and there was also a certain amount, and this is, this is not in any way, shape, or form taking you to task, okay? But there was a certain amount of ignorance. There was something important that you needed to know at that time, that would have made a difference that you didn't know, and it's not your fault. <laughs> That's true. Um, the man I was dating was hurting my child, and I didn't know it was him. And Kyle gets that. He knows the whole story, even though he was so young when he passed. He he knows everything. He has never blamed you. Um, you know, he shares your regret that he just wasn't around to grow up with you. But he's he's okay, and he knows you were innocent. And um, you know, if he could, he'd yell it from the treetops. He'd tell the whole <laughs> world, "You're innocent, darn it!" You know, so stop giving her a rough time enough already. Um, Is he the one that sends me to my family members right before they pass? I've been able to say goodbye to almost all my family members before they they cross over and I kind of try to help them cross over uh-huh. because of what happened with Kyle, you know. I mean, I became very spiritual after I after I lost him, not religious, but spiritual. Uh yeah, there's a big difference, I understand. There's um, a big difference. I understand yes. more. Yes, he is definitely tapping you on the shoulder so to speak and nudging you to, you know, Go this week, don't go next week. Um, um, making sure that you're there because apparently you were not there for his passing. Um, I walked out of the room. <laughs> that, I, that has always bothered me because I walked out of the room to call to say that he was, you know, I, I was 21 years old. I had no idea that what had happened or I was going to lose him. I, you know, I thought he had surgery, we'd be okay, you know. 
and I came back and I'd lost him, and it just. But, I but you know what? There's, he really wants you to stop beating yourself up over that one, okay? Um, and he's reminding me, and my guides are chiming in at the same time, so I'm kind of getting a double double confirmation on this. When when our loved ones pass, often they will wait until we leave the room for whatever reason. Bathroom break, make a phone call, get a bite to eat. They are notorious for waiting until our backs are turned and flipping away. And that's what he did. So there's no fault, there's no blame, and he would really, really, really like you to stop beating yourself up about it. Well, I want to thank him for sending me the sign. He sends me signs all the time. And he's pretty creative about it, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the anniversary date was the other day. On October the 8th And I was coming back from the gym And he's always sent me yellow butterflies Because the day that he passed A, a yellow butterfly landed on me And I never really put two and two together But after 28 years You figure out that every time a yellow butterfly comes You know, it's like Thanks for, you know, saying hi to mom today And uh, I was coming back from the gym the other day And I was pretty depressed and all of a sudden, this biggest yellow butterfly comes up and, you know, like he's running after me, you know. And I I just know it was my son saying, Mom, I'm right here with you, you know. It, it was. Did he have a sleeper or something when he was tiny that had that was either yellow or had a yellow butterfly on it? I don't I don't know. I just know he sent me a, I mean, yellow butterflies is well known with mm-hmm. him. It is him. I can confirm that. Um, big, big grin. He is so happy that you get that. Um, so yeah, that's you know that's kind of your little in, not joke, but your your signal for each other that you know. Yeah, it's, him. it's it's my signal. <laughs> but you know, it's like last year on my birthday, my, my stepfather passed away, and I was on the phone with him on my you know just saying hi, Dad, and he passed away, and it was like my son was telling me I needed to call my dad that day. You know what? You know, so I called, and we lost him while I had him on the phone. And, you know, it, it's just happened many times. My sister passed. She called, and I had to go. You know, I just dropped everything and said i got to go. And I was with her when she passed. And I just wonder, do they give this to me because I'm the strong one? Or I just... It's, it, it's, it's two things. The, the first thing I'm getting is it's... It's Kyle helping you heal from what happened. That that you know you happen to step out of the room, and that's when he passed. And it's it's just been very rough on you. So it's part of your healing process. That again and again and again, you are there when your loved ones pass. I I appreciate it, and for sure, I appreciate it. Um, the second thing is, yeah, lucky you. You're the strong one. When things go sideways, it's like your family has you on speed dial. <laughs> yep. So it's it's kind of it's it's a fifty fifty kind of deal. First and foremost, though, it has to do with your continued healing, um, and the fact that repeatedly you haven't had that experience of not being there when others have passed. Um, and and then it's just the. Yeah, you're the strong one. You're the one on speed dial. Lucky you. <laughs> Are I'm you my first firstborn in your family? 
now I'm not the firstborn. Just wondering, because those are usually the ones who are on speed dial. But you know, it was just it was just a <laughs> There's uh, thirteen the question. children, and I'm the seventh one. So. <laughs> Okay, go figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no. But okay. I'm the one that's the biggest mouth, they all say, so. Yeah, well, bless you, because, yeah, that's, that's a lot to deal with. But, you know, Kyle's telling me that you deal with these situations over and over with a tremendous amount of grace. Yeah. And he's not the only one noticing. Other people around you are noticing, too. So as hard as it is, it doesn't go unnoticed or unremarked upon in a, in a positive way. I try to look at it positive. You know, like when my stepfather passed away on my birthday, I always said, you know, he always said to have a party on his birthday, so he picked me, you know. Right. <laughs> so I always try to look with. at it. You, you know, you can, you can always do a toast to him on your birthday. From this <laughs> I, do, point on. I do. I do. <laughs> you had one more question, I think? Yes. I'm at a crossroads right now where I'm at. I was okay. recently divorced, and I'm living somewhere else, and I don't know if I should stay or should I go. And I'm just, I don't have a job, and I need a job, and I just don't know if I should go or should I stay. Well, let me ask you this. Is your ex local? Pardon me? Is is your ex local? Are is, are you likely to run into them at the grocery store, that sort of no. thing? No. No. Okay, good. Um, yeah, I I think moving is probably not a good idea. I'm getting a no on that. That it won't it won't give you what you're looking for. Um the minute you said divorce, I immediately got be gentle with yourself and give yourself some time. Um, it's, okay, what I'm hearing is, is even though you're doing a pretty good job on the outside of holding it together and getting through it, and, oh, you know, she's dealing with it so well, you're more hurt than you're letting on. And that's why you need to take the time. I would suggest, you know, obviously, you know, get yourself a job, do what you need to do in, in terms of, um, practically putting the pieces of your life back together, because that's what happens. I mean, a divorce is like reaching in, taking the center out of your life, wrenching it out, throwing it away, and then looking at you and saying, yeah, why don't you go put all those pieces back together now? Well, I live somewhere where I don't have any friends or family, and all my family live back in Houston. And I was thinking about moving back there, and I just don't know if I should. Give it six months, hon. And um, and give it a full year before you start dating again. Because I'm living with somebody now, and it just isn't working. Yeah. It, part of it is because you're processing all the divorce stuff. And until you, you, you get through it and you process it, you really and, – and this is not your fault, okay? I would say this to anyone who's just coming off a divorce – and, and, and I, I did myself. I'm just a year out from a divorce myself, okay? You're just not fit company for other human beings for a while. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so true. So, and I'm saying this about myself, okay? I'm not a stone stone here. You just need the time to find yourself again. So give yourself a year. You know, what, if this relationship isn't working out, 
it's your choice, okay? I'm not going to tell you what to do with your relationship. But if it if it happens to just sort of peter out, give yourself a year to just find yourself again and put the pieces back together emotionally. And then in the meantime, you got plenty to do in terms of, you know, do I move? Do I stay? Da 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 da. Um, but don't move for six months is what I'm hearing. It sucks not having emotional support around you, um, but I'm just hearing very strongly that just the, the, the familiarity of where you are, even if it's not supportive, is important for the next six months. And after that, you can reevaluate and see if you want to go move to uh, Houston and be around family. I'm okay. also hearing that whatever is going on with your f- different family members right now, they all got, you know, whatever, life, their stuff going on, they're really not going to be ready for you for six to eight months anyway. So in order to get the warm welcome that you really are craving, you're going to need to give both yourself and them that time before you move. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I hope all that helped, hon. It did. I appreciate it, and thank you very much for speaking with me. My pleasure. You take care. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good night there. Uh, Show a little break? Yeah, I think that'd be good. Okay. All right, everybody. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. We're going to take a short little break here so we can clear away the cobwebs and redo the energies and uh, finish off the show. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Put your paws up, because you were born this way, baby. My mama told me when I was young, we're all superstars. She pulled my hair with my lipstick on, in a glass of purple dry. There's nothing wrong with loving who you are She said, cause he made you perfect, babe So hold the head up, girl, and you'll go far
Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen, your black, white, face, your legend, your Lebanese, your Orient. Whether life disabilities left you outcast for leader teas, rejoice and love yourself today. Cause baby, you were born this no way. No medication of violence, being appreciate it. I was able to reground and kind of flush the energy and I'm ready to go again. Okay, not a problem. We normally try to do that about um, you know, 45 minutes to an hour after the show and get you to be able to refocus again. Have to have to go ahead and shake out the energies and reground yourselves. Yep, absolutely. And I'm grateful to be uh on a show where they realize that. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not just a um a coffee machine, you just can't keep pushing the, bu- pushing the button indefinitely. Yeah, no, and that's why, we, you know, we'll take breaks and we'll start talking a little bit more and then we'll take a couple of calls and, you know, you have to go ahead and do that. And I got yelled at um, actually one time for doing it. They're like, oh, you never, you know, why do you talk so much? It's like, because we can't just keep going for reading after reading. we got to take breaks every once in a while and just chit-chat. Yep, and, and I'm grateful. But uh, I think I'm ready to go, so let's see who's up. Okay, let's go ahead and, uh, actually, we're going to go ahead and, where is she? There we go. Let's go ahead and uh, bring on Arlene real quick. Hello, my dear. Hi. Hi, Arlene. How are you? Doing great. What can I do for you? I want to ask about work. Okay. I I have been laid off for two years. Um, I did take a little break for myself, but I have been sending out my resume, and I lost a pretty big job. Okay. So. All right. A um, couple things I'm hearing right off from my guides on this one. When when you left your field, I'm getting that there may be a certain amount of retooling that, that either you have done or need to be doing in mm-hmm. order to get back into it at the level you want. Okay. So um, I don't know if it's a refresher course on certain things or uh, a, a new certification or whatever, but there's something you need to do to kind of bring yourself up to the, up to the moment Okay. Uh, in terms of what you can offer employers. Okay. Uh, second thing is, 
um, you know, heaven knows we all need breaks for one reason or another. Life throws us curveballs, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to finesse how you present the reason behind your two-year break. Okay. Um, I mean, employers are just notoriously nervous about mm-hmm. that, and it's always a loaded question in interviews and mm-hmm. and you know with your CV and stuff. Rethink it. Go back to square one. Mm-hmm. Brainstorm how you might want to present it to potential employers, and re redo it. And I think you're going to uh, start getting more callbacks. Okay. Well, I do have a. Um, I'm working part time for a, a friend of my brother has a business. Mm-hmm. So I I just started working for him, and I actually am going to show not much of a break on my resume because he is going to cover that for me. Okay. And uh, but I was caregiving, which is why I took the break. Oh yeah, well that's exhausting. No wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, which actually like makes you a better caregiver because you're smart enough to to rest and renew. Yeah. Um, but still, I, I just keep feeling even though you've got the the hole kind of patched, that mm-hmm. there still needs to be something tweaked there. Okay. So. Um. And. Yeah, I think you will be in a job you want within six months. Okay. Do you see anything coming soon, though, like anything to, like, cover me? I mean, I know it won't be the job that I want, you know, but, I mean, is there something, you know, I feel like I'm going like to be moving around a bit, but... Um... Yes, there'll, there'll be more sort of half-time or temp kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but in terms of, like, eye on the prize, like a... What you really want, I'm, uh-huh. I'm seeing a six-month timeline. And part of it is uh, we just need to get past the, the turn in the year. Mm-hmm. So um, as you know, I mean, a lot of companies, their their financial year either ends the end yeah. of this month or the new budget kicks in in terms of having money and positions and stuff open um, ready to hire in January. Mm-hmm. So part of it is just getting past the end of the year. Okay, I, this is what I um, I just sent my resume only because they just posted these jobs for Trader Joe's, which is the industry that I was in. Okay. So um, it is a lower level job, but mm-hmm. um, I mean it's fine, you know, to get me because um, once I get in somewhere, uh, you know, I'll work my way up, you know, I'll get promoted. So I'm just wondering if you have any feeling on that if they'll call me. It won't be for a while. It, it okay. just feels like there's this huge block in the energy and until we get past January 1. Okay. Even though they just posted the jobs, there's like five jobs up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I keep feeling nothing's going to move very much until after after the new okay. year. All right. Um, there's... Okay. Yeah, no, they're saying don't go there. Never mind. Uh, okay. Trader Joe's is fine. Um, I don't think you'll end up working for them long term. I think, you know, uh-huh. maybe you'll be there 15 months or something once you get your foot in the door, and then it'll be a stepping stone to somewhere else. Okay. All right. I mean, I have a lot of irons in the fire. I have a girlfriend who works for AT&T, and she has something set up for me, actually, for January through a consulting group. 
Okay. I have that. My brother, um, my brother also has a friend who owns Shoprites, and uh, who also knows much larger owners than even he is. And the, he, they took my resume. And um, my brother works for Verizon. He told me he sent out my resume through his company. So. You're obviously doing all the right things. And yeah, I mean, like, something's got to break, otherwise I don't know how I'm going to survive. That's the problem. And I don't feel like with all the work that I've done, I don't think that God would any, let anything happen to me. So, No, 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 hon. This, this is not an exit point. This is a bump in the road. Yeah, I know, but, you know, it's just that it's, it's critical. That's why, I mean, I have to, there has to be something, so... There will be something. I just don't think it'll be. Um, yeah, I know. I'm not expecting my dream, job, my dream yeah. job. <laughs> um, I know. What else can I do for you? That's it. That's okay. it. That's, that's good. Yeah, I know. I did. And I actually do want something that's more of a stepping stone because, um, although I've been very active over the past two years, you know, with the um, like the caregiving, and I've done a lot of state stuff and. You know, I'm going to say I did a lot of medical stuff and, you know, in and out of state offices and stuff like that. It was work, you know, filing papers and organizing things. And, you know, I was really, really active. Um, I didn't – actually, this part-time thing I'm doing is not the greatest, but the one thing I'll say that I, I – there's some of it I enjoy. I want to cringe when I say that. But there is some of it that I enjoy, and I love the fact that it kind of got me out again. Right, you know, out in the world, seeing people. Yeah, and out into like, and, and yeah, and out into kind of like the work mode. <laughs> you know, I know there's days that I have like a certain schedule, and I have to arrange to be somewhere else, and I'm working, and I get a check at the end of two weeks. <laughs> so, Funny, yeah, yeah. So that was why I did it. You know, I figured it would kind of like get me back into that. You know, like a uh, like the first step to getting me back into like a groove. I so. I really think you're doing all the right things. It's okay. just a matter of timing. All right. Okay. All right. That's so cool. It 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 will come together, and um, you know, I think TJ's is an off awesome company. Um, yeah. But I just don't see it as being your your safe haven job um, for you know a good number of years to come. That'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'll okay. leave you with that. Thank you. You bet. All right. All right, Arlene, we'll talk to you in just a moment. Thank you. You're welcome, dear. All right, let me see. Where do we go? Oh, there we go. Okay. The switchboards act up kind of strange on us, so they, everything goes haywire once in a while. It's one of the... Um side effects of dealing with psychics and mediums all the time. Oh, yeah. Cause, uh, you know, I'm so glad, too, because, you know, they'll, they'll mark them. Arlene does and Teresa does and um, Rich does. They'll mark them, you know, number one, number two, number three. And all of a sudden, they'll, it, it's like shuffling the deck of cards. They, they'll get all mixed up. It's like, oh, I'm so glad they number them. Because people will be like, uh, I was supposed to be next. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. You're this, like, five listed before you now. Right. <laughs> So speaking of somebody who just keeps like, getting mixed up in it there, let me go ahead and bring on Nadi from Oklahoma. Hello, da- Nadi. Hello, Michael. How are you, sweetheart? Doing wonderful, my dear. Every time I get to hear from you. Oh, and Leah? Lynn. Yep. Lynn. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I, I'm feeling you're, you're starting to stress. Oh, well. 
You know, it's not uncommon after a little over an hour to to start feeling it. I mean, I've noticed even the big names. Um, I test myself against Jameson Prague as often as I can see him in person because I think he's awesome. And uh, even he will start... um, feeling the energy drain right around this mark. So I think it's an yeah. occupational hazard, but I'll do the best I can for you. Well, well let's hope this one's fun. Okay. Um, I, I, I tuned into the stoch. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Michael knows my story. I was having a kind of a meltdown tonight, and I went, got to find Michael. you got to find Michael. Somebody's on his show tonight. And so I called him, and you were talking about wicked sense of humors. So um, let's see if you can tap into a wicked sense of humor. Um, My son. Okay. Can I have his first name, please? Michael. Okay. And I'm presuming he's in spirit? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I I am getting um a young man and he is saying well, he's being kind of snarky. He's like, "Oh, come on, mom. This again?" Yeah. <laughs> that would be Michael. Okay. Um, now, yes. Go ahead. I was going to say there there's there's something going on and I I need his approval or disapproval. What's his name? Michael would be his name. No, 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 no. This is not a, a, no, no. I've been married for 26 years. That is not even an issue. (laughs) Okay. Okay. More snarkiness. All right. Uh, Um, So you need your son's approval or disapproval on, on something? Yes. Okay. Huh. Well, he's not telling me exactly what the something is, but I'm getting kind of a strong no, not a big fan. Really? Yeah. Um, um, is there any num- numbers involved in this disapproval? And there's a reason I ask. Six, seven, and nine. Completely weird. Okay. Michael, that has nothing to do with the three. No. Um, well, six and seven, or six and nine, or well, he doesn't approve. I'm I'm shocked. Six, seven, nine. One of the things I'm hearing from him is he doesn't feel it's going to be good for you. That's where his concern lies. <sighs> Always the protective son. Hmm. Well, you did ask his opinion. Well, yeah, he was always opinionated, but that that's Michael. Is there anything else he wants to tell his mommy? Hang on a second, let's see. And he knows by all means he has my my approval of being a smart ass. Because his mom is. Comes by it honestly, yes. Um <laughs> Okay, 
he's showing me like a big book, you know, like a coffee table book, and he's uh-huh. turning the page. And from that, I'm getting the impression that whatever this is that you're asking about, yes or no, he's saying, wait, something better is coming along, but you need to turn oh. the page to get to it. Okay. And, and I'm going to tell you what I'm looking for the approval on. Recently, a friend of mine um, has started, he, he and, and he's been working on this for several years, um, unveiled a rolling memorial to the MIA POWs, and he wants to name the unit after my son, which, you know, like uh, taxi cabs have a unit name, bus have a unit name. This particular rolling memorial would have a unit name, and he wants to name it after my son. So, okay. you know, I need to know if he's approving that or something, or is he disapproval on something else I'm working on? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, right. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I have 14 different irons in the fire right now. That Okay, that does explain part of what I'm hearing. All right. He, he's not insensible to the honor, okay? That's not the problem. Um, in his mind, that's not the concern in his mind. His concern is how much of your time and energy would be required if his name was attached to this. It's one trip. Go there for the unveiling, come back. And I know he he doesn't like me to drive alone. Nobody does. But he never did. Well, he knows how much I dislike driving on the freeway alone. So I'm thinking, thinking that's his disapproval. It's part of it. I don't know why, but for some reason he seems to think that this will not end up being a one-shot deal, a one-trip deal, that it will somehow end up requiring more of your time, energy, and attention. And that's where his concern lies. That doesn't make any sense because ever since his death, all of my time, energy... And attention, well, not all of it, but a good portion of it has gone to these kind of events. I, I, well, maybe if, he's if, if you've got to start paying more attention. I'm sorry, forgive me. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, you had mentioned that you have like 14 different irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he's just concerned about this being like one too many uh, more demands on you. Even even if these are things you're passionate about and signed up for and and um, really happy to be doing, um, sort of reaching critical mass is the impression I'm getting. I've been at critical mass since 2008. <sighs> My family knows this. Um Can can I ask a direct question of him via you? Of course. Is this about David? I'm getting a no. Is this about Grayson? Yes. Okay. That explains it. Uh, he's back to being, you know, a bit of a of a ham. He's, you know, oh, yeah. 
symbol where 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 that signal where somebody puts their nose their finger next to their nose like you know it kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. the response I'm getting when you gave me the name Grayson. It's like, yep, you got it on the nose. Okay. Okay. And then I have to ask one more question. Of course. Is Noodle going to come home? My dog went missing. <laughs> right. It's, oh, crud, it's undecided. I hate it when I get those answers, but truly it's, All right. it's up in the air. Yeah, and I'm not even worried about me. I'm worried about my son. He's very concerned. I have a special needs son that's younger. My, my older son, my oldest son. My youngest is worried, very worried about his dog. Um, let's let's see here. If it's okay with you, I'll just go ahead and throw out a little intercessory prayer that the dog does come home. Would that be all right? Yes. Just to kind of help tip things in favor of of the dog making it home. So, Archangel Michael, this is an official request. Um, please let Noodle come home safe and sound. Um, or at least with as little damage as possible, and because uh, this family needs whatever support they can get right now, so uh, we're asking that. Thank you. Yeah, it is so weird. It, it, my son, and I get weird feelings from my son that I can't talk to him, mm-hmm. but he keeps telling me to tell you, Gumby. Gumby. <laughs> Gumby. <laughs> Oh. Wow, I don't know. Gumby like you missed it to me. <laughs> Other than like, she's, she's totally missing it. It's Gumby, <laughs> and that's I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but uh, yeah. No, I've but, been known to totally miss things. <laughs> no, so have I. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of intuitive, but I'm not. I, I can't. I'm not a medium at any at any point, but I'm very intuitive. It's like the last caller, the whole call, I'm thinking, you're too overqualified. You're too overqualified for the jobs you're applying for. You know, you need to you need to seek a higher, you, you need to try harder, you try for that higher position because you're overqualified. You're underestimating yourself. That was what I kept hearing with the last caller. Well, that may be why it came through as, you know, do a stepping stone but aim higher. Yeah, because you know. to me, I kept hearing you're underestimating yourself for the last caller. And, I, and if you're still listening, take that. You know, I, I believe her name was Pam. Take that step. Take that blind leap of faith. Believe in yourself. You are more qualified than you think. Go for it. You know, go for the position you think you're underqualified for because you're actually overqualified for what you're settling for. Well, hey, I mean, you know, added value. So hopefully she's still listening. I hope she is because I, I the whole call, that's what kept screaming in my head. You're undervaluing yourself. Yeah, I know. You mean the caller right before you? Yes. Yeah, that was Arlene. Arlene. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, she's listening in. her number, Michael? She's listening in. That was my, co- my co-host for tonight. Okay, well, Arlene, you're underestimating yourself. You need to, you know, stop underestimating yourself and go shoot for the stars. So, so. Anything yep. else my, we can do for you tonight? No, I think we're good. Um, <laughs> Michael, someday you'll have to tell Lynn my story. 
<laughs> uh, definitely will. Yes. You're doing good, my uh, dear. Yes, I, I have, uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Lynn, but I, I've got to tell Michael this. Um, we named the post office for Michael um, Tuesday. Cool. And I have 30 care packages to send to Afghanistan sitting in my living room being processed right now. Well, good. Uh, they can definitely yeah. use the uh, care packages. Yes, they can. And uh, got to take care of the brothers. Oh, yes. So, well, let me know how everything goes for you, my dear. Yep. You keep in touch, sweetheart. Okay? Oh, I will. Okay. Many blessings. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, Nadi's been a uh, uh, faithful listener for the past couple of years. Sounds like she's got a lot on her plate. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, and her son uh, actually came to me um, when she first tuned in to, uh, to the show, and she said I was about the only one at that point that uh, described him to a T, even well, down to, uh, you know, uh, his uh, glasses that he he wore but he didn't like wearing. It's always great when you can get that kind of confirmation and know you're definitely on the right track. Yep. So, but yeah, she definitely has a lot going on um, right now. Well, do you um, have any, uh, uh, for you right now? Do you have any events that you have coming up that you want to go ahead and promote? Because you've got a lot of things going on too. Yeah, um, actually, uh, I'm based in Western Washington in the Seattle area, and uh, there is a Meeker Mansion Psychic Fair down in Puyallup, which is south of Seattle coming up on November 10th at the Meeker Mansion. And uh, it runs from, uh, I believe it's uh, 10 to 5. And it's a lot of fun. Meeker Mansion is actually the retirement home of the first mayor of Puyallup. Uh, Western Washington, we have all these really fun um, Native American names that have been adopted for for places. Um, And uh, the Meekers are fun. I, I get a little bit more information from them every time I walk in the place. And uh, they're they're still there in spirit, and it's always a good fair. So if you're in Western Washington, uh, or feel like a road trip, uh, come down to Puyallup and the Meeker Mansion on November 10th. That's a Saturday, and uh, I'll be there doing my thing. Nice. That'd be a really long road trip for me, but it'd be a nice one now. I think it would take me about two or three days to, for a road trip to, just to get there. Yeah. Where are you, anyway? I'm in uh, the Tampa, Florida area. Oh, yeah, definitely, at least. Probably closer to a week driving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, right in uh, right in the uh, Gulf of Mexico, right in the middle of the state. So. so, nice little area. But, yeah, it would take a couple of days for me to drive, in, uh, to drive all the way out there. Because I know my niece uh, is over in um, Applegate, which is near Sacramento in California. And that's okay, in, uh, so that Northern. would at least put you on the right coast. Yes. Yep. So she went went over that way. Uh, you know, she's married now and has a wonderful little boy. He's been married for four years. So, uh, he's he's been married five, and uh, he's going to be uh, four years old. But it's uh, she's all the way out there. So yeah, I think it took her like three days to drive out there. That must have been pretty much nonstop. Yeah. Because cause growing up, sometimes my family would drive nonstop between here and Halifax, Nova Scotia. I've got family back east. And um, it 
it's at least a week nonstop driving uh, yeah. to do the 4,000 miles from Western Washington to Halifax, which is up above Boston, basically. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of a hike. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's worth um, it. Never boring. <laughs> well, that's always a good thing. So, well, why don't we go ahead and take another quick call here? Okay. Yeah, let's bring on Janet from Arkansas. Hello, Janet. Hey, Lynn. This is Janae. How are you doing? Hello, Janae. I'm doing just fine. How can I help you? My mom is crossed over in spirit, and I kind of feel like she's been trying to communicate with me, but I'm not receiving her messages, and I wanted to know if uh, you can um, connect with her tonight and if she does, in fact, have something she needs to tell me or... Okay. Yeah, I've got a really frustrated elderly lady uh, who just popped up. So what's your mom's first name, please? Betty. I'm sorry, one more time? Betty. Betty. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And um, was she um, uh, maybe a little bit on the, the average to short side and somewhat pleasantly plump? Uh, towards the end, she was, yes. Okay. All right. I have well, my grand, my mom, my grandmother, and my great grandmother are all passed over, and you may be describing my great grandmother, who's also a psychic, and sometimes she comes through, so I'm not sure. Okay, uh, what was her name? Molly. Molly. And I keep hearing mom, so for some reason I think I'm, I, I do have Betty. Um. Okay, so yeah, I can, I can. She's sort of like, it's like she's trying to knock her way through a wall, and she, you're just not getting it. Okay, so you can hear the knocking, but not the message, and that's the frustration. So, uh, Betty, you know, it, the floor is yours. What do you want? What do you want to say here? What do you want your daughter to know? Okay, is there some sort of uh, disagreement or tension or something about her affairs? If there is, I'm not aware of it, but you're the second person that told me that in the past six months. There's, okay, are you her executor or someone else? No, someone else. Her, like, she didn't leave me anything in her, well, I've seen a copy of her will, and I wasn't even stated in her will. Okay. Well, I'm not an... I'll ask a little bit more about that in a minute, but the, the first thing she's saying is whoever is executor and is in charge of wrapping up her affairs and taking care of stuff, don't uh, trust them. Okay. And it's kind of like, well, who cares? You didn't leave her anything. But that's the message. Don't trust them. Uh, is it a male who's in charge? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's her, it, yeah, it was her ex-husband. Yeah. Um, don't trust him don't trust him any farther than you can throw him, is what I'm hearing. Um, so apparently, now, would you care, um, Betty, to go into why you completely left your daughter out? Sure. <laughs> okay. Could could her ex have been influential in her decision-making when she wrote that will? My actions? No, 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 no. no. Okay, the, 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 her executor, the male who's in charge of things that, that she's telling you not to trust. Ah. 
could he have influenced her at the time she was making up her will and making those decisions while she was alive? I'm sure that he could have because she was uh, she died from emphysema. She was bedridden for like 10 years. He was taking care of her, so I'm uh, sure that that could have been part of it. Okay. Yeah, all right. Now more of it's coming out. He told her all manner of lies about people, but especially you. I don't know what you did to uh, – um, I, I, I'm saying this sarcastically, merit, but to, to draw this person's ire, but this person is not your biggest fan. And um, made... He didn't certain, know me. Didn't matter. For some reason, you were targeted as an official bad guy in the situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was, as you were saying, ill, bedridden, um, not feeling well, bored out of her skull, and vulnerable, um, legally would be termed a vulnerable adult situation. Uh, and I'm being told from her that he told her all manner of lies about you. I mean, stuff made up out of whole cloth. And that's what influenced her decision to not leave you anything of any description. I mean, whether it, 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 it's money or a memento or whatever, just, you know, forget it. Um, but that's why is she was unduly influenced. And she realizes now that the lies were lies, but she had no way of knowing it then. And I'm also she's also telling me that he controlled a lot of access to her. Is that correct? That's, that's true. Yes. So she really didn't have anyone else, other voices uh, or influences to guide her and, and say, well, no, wait a minute, you know, back up. Let's Let's think about this. Are you sure this is accurate? Are you sure that... Is it you know? Is this really in character for your daughter, et cetera? She didn't have any of that. He made certain of it. Wow. So um, there is an apology, saying, "I I didn't know they were lies. Now I know they're lies. But then I didn't know they were lies. I believed them, and I'm sorry because I should have known your character better than that. I should have known that you were." not the kind of person to be doing the stuff that you were accused of doing falsely. And I just, you know, I wasn't at my best, and I believed it. Well, that kind of explains some of her cold actions and and words to me that I had no idea, you know, where they would be coming from. I mean, from my mother, of all places. And it explains some things. Is there any words of wisdom... um, about anything going on in my life or anything that she wants to give me other than and clarifying that was great so I appreciate that Um, I'm glad it came through let me just give me a second more to tune in are you married? no I'm not you're not okay are you in a relationship? yes Sort of. <laughs> I guess you can call it. <laughs> kind of, sort of, maybe. Okay. Um, no, but it's just not a very, you know, it's not a very promising one. Right. Well, she agrees with you on that score. Um, not the current relationship you're in, but, like, the next boyfriend. Uh-huh. What, who, you know, wherever that happens, whenever that happens. That one she already likes. Oh, okay. You haven't, you haven't met him yet, but, you know... Once you know, <laughs> um, she approves. 
Well, that's awesome because she's a hard person to please, I guarantee you. <laughs> she's very particular for me, so I'm glad that glad she likes him. So now it'll just be entertaining uh, seeing how that all unfolds in your life. Really? Um, but, yeah, whoever whoever this next boyfriend is, she she's like, yeah, he's a good one. This one's a keeper. I approve. So just keep that in the back of your mind and, and see what happens. Okay. Thank you. You bet. Okay, anything else? This is your last chance, Betty. Anything else you want to say? Um, just just to reconfirm, I mean, you already know this, but with all the coldness and you know her leaving you out and stuff, she does love you. And um, she wishes that she could have given you a final hug. And uh, she realizes that her, her actions had a lot to do with the fact that that didn't happen. But um, did she wear a particular perfume that you would she associate did. with? She wore Chanel number no. 5. All right. Well, if you're wandering around in some place where there's no earthly reason, you get a good sniff of Chanel number no. 5, it's her. Okay. Okay? All right. Well, ask her for me. Um, to try hard, and I will keep trying hard. I know that we're going to connect one of these days. On a, you know, either we're going to do it. It's just we haven't gotten there yet. I know she's trying, and I'm trying to hear it. I just can't. Okay, um, she's suggesting uh, as a starting point that you try to be open to her coming through in your dreams, because sometimes it's a little bit easier uh, when you're asleep. Uh, for her to come through, and she's interesting. Okay, well, clarif- clar- hold on, I need a clarification on timeline. Betty, which is it? Okay, um, actually, I'm hearing you may dream about her in the next two days. She may come through that way in your sleep in the next two days. And she said, don't worry about it if it has sort of an Alice in Wonderland quality to the dream. It's It's just, you know, it's like testing a mic. Um, she, she'll she just want to make sure she can come through and that you realize it's her and that you remember the dream even if it's a little zany. And uh, that will make it easier from that point on for you two to connect, both oh, in dreams and eventually awesome. while you're awake. That is awesome. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you taking my call. You're welcome. Glad I could You have yourself a wonderful night, dear. Okay. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Anything have a great – we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. So how can everyone reach you again for private readings? Uh, my email, which is angelshands with a Z, A-N-G-E-L-Z, hands, at yahoo.com. They can contact me on Facebook, on either of my Facebook pages. Both are under Medium Lynn Sutherland Olson. They can check out my website, uh, www.lynn, L-Y-N-N-E, Sutherland, S-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D, Olson, O-L-S-O-N.com. And then there's uh, always good old uh, telephone, 425-502-7591. I should add that's usually on an answering service, but I check it multiple times a day. So if you don't get me in person, please do leave a message. I'll get back to you in a timely manner. Cool. Well, it's been an very interesting evening having you on the show. Thank you. Wonderful I enjoyed it thoroughly. Reads. 
and uh, hopefully we'll be able to go ahead and get you back on there uh, again real soon. That'd be great. Well, you have yourself a wonderful evening, my dear. You too. Okay, we'll talk to you shortly. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't forget, everyone, visit Lynn on her website. Visit her on Facebook as well. Let her know how much you appreciated her being here tonight. And let's see. Tomorrow night. Oh, yes, we've had some changes. I know some of you are going to be upset. Uh, But we're supposed to have Sid on the show, and Sid is sick right now. So we need to send out some healings to Sid. But we do have a wonderful guest coming on uh, who's going to be helping us out, who's uh, been referred to us. So uh, her name is Aaliyah Dawn. Uh, wonderful new person coming out to help us out. So tune in tomorrow night, eight o'clock, uh, ten o'clock. Sorry, got a little over rambunctious there. And I guess we'll go ahead and say that if you have not heard it today, then know this: that you are loved because Arlene loves you, Lynn loves you, Teresa loves you, Rich loves you, God loves you, and so do I. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>